Hello everyone, you are very welcome along to another week of Unplayable. Con here joined by Cooper and Joe. Interestingly enough, we've no Dave this week, which in my mind is just no surprise really. Anyone who listened last week will know how adamant Dave was that the hype around Ludwig Aberg was unjustified. He's done nothing yet, you can't pick him for Ryder Cup, etc. Of course, Aberg then went on to win in the Swiss Alps last week and suddenly Dave is nowhere to be seen. Now, that isn't actually the reason he's not here, but it's certainly the narrative I prefer. Therefore, I'm sticking to it. Right, nice bit to get through this week. As I mentioned, Aber got the win in Crans Montana over the weekend. Luke Donald named his six picks to add to the six that had already qualified automatically for the European Ryder Cup team, uh, which we will, of course, discuss and debate. We also have the Irish Open this week from the K-Club, which will see a strong field and plenty of Irish interest for the week ahead. But, um, Joe, we've got to start with Ryder Cup picks. I mean, it's great buzz knowing Ryder Cup is around the corner. My social media feeds are starting to fill up with Ryder Cup content. Um, maybe just in case people aren't aware of the 12 guys involved, I'll just name them here and then we'll, we'll get stuck into it. So the six guys that were already qualified for Europe, you had Rory, Ram, Hovland, Hatton, Matt Fitz, and Bob McIntyre. And then the six guys who Luke Donald then picked are Tommy Fleetwood, Lowry, Justin Rose, Sepp Straka, Nikolai Hoygaard, and of course, Ludwig Aberg. Joe, what are your thoughts on the team and Donald's picks and all the above? My thoughts are that we should go have 12 picks going forward, I think, given the, the drama that's been, uh, that has unfolded over the last couple of weeks. It's been um, no, it's been great. Like I mean, we're a month out from the Ryder Cup, and it's it's it, it's been all the time. I'm more excited than ever. I'd say for it. It just I suppose given given the picks and now now they're they're done. There's a bit of clarity, but I think it was you know all in all very happy with the team. I think there's obviously an argument there for one man missing in Adrian Moronk. I think he he sticks out. He's the kind of Keegan Bradley. Of the of the European team, I think that uh, that missed out, but I can't fault Donald for the for the guys he's picked. Um, you know, said it last week that if Aberg won, then he warranted a pick, and he just went ahead and did it. An uh, in, insane performance, you know, ha- having finished fourth the week before as well, and and there was a couple of solid showings over in the US as well. You know, a fourth place in one of the PGA Tour events, and then um, you know, rounded it out with. Uh, you know, with a kind of gave gave Donald uh, an offer he couldn't refuse. Basically, I think I all the narrative around it as well is that he was already probably going to be on the plane to Rome, but you know, I think he made he made Donald's life easier, given no one would question it now. I think, yeah, yeah like I think I think Moronk is the one that missed out, but I think the the one that people question is is Nikolai Hoygaard, obviously. But this guy is in in great form as well. I mean. Moronk did win the Italian Open, but Hoygaard also uh, won it a couple of years ago and finished fifth in May. He's formed the course, and he also, in the last few weeks, has had some some incredible performances. Um, he's he he finished um, was a third in the Czech Masters. He finished fifth last weekend. Um, he had a top twenty five at the Open, tied sixth at the Scottish Open. Like this guy is consistent, and I think given. Given Moronk has had three wins, uh, rightly so, he's you know he deserves discussion. But I, I think Nikolai Hoygaard has been picked for his consistency. He's he's shown really really good um, form over the year, and you know maybe Donald has him lined up for a couple of foursomes games. Maybe Moronk was just a bit erratic um, for that. But you know you you could put it like you'd be as easily obviously as happy with Moronk in. But I'm just trying to. I'm trying to think of the way Donald was uh, thinking himself here. Uh, and then I think, yeah, Fleetwood, Larry, Hat, um, Fleetwood, Larry, Straka, and Rose. I think we all had sort of locked those guys in. 
Um, Larry, there was a couple of question marks over, obviously. Um, and there's been a bit of um, backlash, I've noticed. Uh, I saw, you know, Paul Goidos, they used to play on, on tour, oh, yeah. uh, heavily criticising. I think Richard Bland making himself even more popular um, by coming out against Larry. I uh, had a few words to say about it. So, um, what, did he, what did he say? I oh, he, he just said basically, Larry. It's I think he said something along the lines. It's kind of a disgrace that that Moronk wasn't picked and Larry is in terrible form this year. Um, I think three top twenties at the majors isn't terrible form, but you know we know Larry's had his struggles. He's striking the ball well, but it's it's this it's the flat stick that's uh, that's struggling. But you need you need characters like you know if Larry wasn't picked, there would have been another rookie picked, and you've got basically almost half the team then and rookies Larry has you know only one Ryder Cup but I think that counts for so much and he showed his passion and his you know enthusiasm for it last time and um I think he's going to be a character in the dressing room so I think you know you know sort of the Justin Thomas but Larry's playing a lot better than Justin Thomas so um won't put him into that part completely but overall very happy and compared to the way I felt at the end of Whistling Straits two years ago, um, I like Europe's prospects a lot more. Cooper? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, like, just on that last point, Joe, for how are you feeling kind of two months ago, not, not even two years ago, um, was definitely like this could be another hammering. But I think between the kind of the the narrative of I guess this European team, it's like, it's gone from, like, when you take them straight, like Ram was probably the only really good, Ram and McIlroy, the two guys in, like, the top 14, I think, um, for the European team, whereas America had, like, was it something like 10 out of the top 14 players in the world? Like, it was completely lopsided. And now it's, I think there's six Europeans in that category now, with probably around 8 to 10 of the Yanks as well. So it's a far kind of more level contest on the world golf rankings. But, like, when you're talking about bringing lads into the team and you've the likes of kind of Ludwig Aberg, um being described as this kind of, I think Donald said himself, he's like, I've played with kind of McElroy back in 2006 and he's like, I get the same feeling off him. Like you have to remember now with Aberg, like I, I agree. I think he, I think he was in anyway. Um, I think he could be like the Leona Maguire in terms of his cycle performance, like to come in and just really dominate and put their name on the map. Um, but at the same time, he's the <clears throat> he's the only player or only European player um, since Garcia to actually play in a Ryder Cup the year of the term pro, and he's the only one ever to not uh, have played in a major. So it's a big. It's a on one hand you say it's a gamble from uh, from Donald, but like at the same time, like he, he you can't you can I don't think you can question that pick at all. Like, I think he's I th- I think he was a lock. He I think he was a good. It was a great chance of him getting in before the win, and now he's an absolute certainty. He may as well have gone in as an automatic pick after winning last week. Um, like Donald, <clears throat> if you remember back in Detroit a few months ago when Donald kind of played with him, um, I think it was the first round in, I can't remember what, what competition it was. It was in Detroit anyway, and he was nine under for the first 16 holes. I think you talked about him that week, Joe, before, um, before the competition even started, just to keep an eye on him and like to put that kind of an impression the first time out with the Ryder Cup captain. Like I think that resonated the whole way through, and in the back of Donald's mind, he's like, "This guy is probably one of the more kind of favorite guys for a captain's pick. He just needs to do a little bit more." Then he goes and gets top ten in the PGA Tour, wins an event in Europe, just consistently plays very extremely well, driving the ball and Mac like up there with McIlroy and Scheffler in terms of uh, strokes gained off the tee. He's actually ahead of them um, for the last twenty rounds. So like he's done nothing wrong, and between kind of. His, his putting is incredibly good. He seems to have a great relationship with his caddy. I think he'd be a great pick with Victor Hovland in terms of a kind of Scandi combination. So, or you might, you could put Heigard in there as well, but I just think Aberg and Victor Hovland, if they're on a team together, there's absolutely no parent in the world that'll beat them. So it could be, yeah, it's 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 exciting. Um, I do feel bad for Moronk, but like he had chances to, to, to do it in the States and he missed every cut he played in the States. So like uh, everyone talking about the how well he did in Europe, like he won the Australian Open, the Irish Open. The Irish Open wasn't a strong field like at all. It was a pretty disappointing kind of 
tournaments are turn out like this 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 week is far stronger than it was last year yeah. i'm not sure what the actual ranking is on it but like in terms of the top guys being there there's a far better list of names this time around and he just um yeah i guess the reason people are saying is because he's been so consistent and he's been fifth on the or he was fifth on the points like he was close enough to an automatic spot and he's third in the race to dubai rankings as well but... yeah but he just when he went over to the states he never got it done so the likes of bland like it's gas now. Any live comments about Ryder Cup teams, it's like I can't take them seriously at all because they're probably just trying to fucking poach him. But like, yeah, I, I think it is. It's it's tough on him, but I would have. I think we. I think they, this was the team I kind of called out last week as well. I I had Aberg ahead of Moronk and Hoygaard. Uh, just is a super exciting guy. Like I think he's he's as far as potentially kind of going out there to beat an American. Uh, like a top player in the world, I'd fancy Hoygaard to do it ahead of Moronk. So at the end of the day, that's really all you need him to do. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. Like, I mean, who Moronk absolutely has a fair case to argue, as in, you know, third on the race to Dubai. The only people ahead of him are, are Rory and Ram. He's got a couple of wins, including um, the one from uh, Marco Simone, the, the golf course in Italy where it's going to be held. You can definitely understand the argument, but then who do you swap him with? So I think the only real options there you've got Lowry <clears throat> which we've made the the points about obviously he's got his prior experience at the Ryder Cup did pretty well w- was um one of the only positive things from Whistling Straits um Justin Rose you could maybe make a case for as well but he's also won on the PGA Tour this year and he's I think it's going to be sixth Ryder Cup so you're not really going to get in ahead of him uh Aberg as you say and we'll talk about Aberg a little bit more but he basically guaranteed himself that spot with, with the win. And then Hoygaard, yeah, is, is the only other um, kind of edge case that you would see. And um, yeah, that's probably a flip of a coin. I think like Moronk is slightly better ranked in the world than um, Hoygaard. But Joe, you were mentioned that like Hoygaard's in really good form at the moment. And I think that's really important when it comes to like a, a Ryder Cup. You've obviously got experience and, and the team is very top heavy. And they've got all of that. But you want a hot player who's just playing really, really well at the moment. Like, he's probably raw. He's going to get better in years to come. You can see him playing future Ryder Cups. Um, so, yeah, Moronk definitely will feel aggrieved. But I, I don't even... It's it's not like a shock. I think Luke Donald has done a very good job with the team that he's picked. I really... I don't see that much of a case for anyone else really you know um but and looking at the team i think Bozy has said it there like back when it's funny how these things um turn around like when whistling straights rocked around i think the americans were just the galacticos they were unbelievable their team was so strong and then um even as you say cooper up until a few months ago you would have said the Americans are going to be heavy favourites. You look through that European team, like the lads at the top, Rory, Ram, and then Hovland's form at the moment is is unreal. Hatton's playing pretty well. And then all of those picks you can make a case for. Um, what do you think in terms of pairings? Like any any jumping out to you? Cooper, obviously you mentioned that one with uh, Hovland and, and uh, Aberg. Like any, anyone else that you'd be floating around? Between us, I think whoever Aberg goes with, all of a sudden, even though we were questioning his inclusion, um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, uh, whoever he's paired with is all of a sudden possibly like the marquee pairing of the of the Ryder Cup for for Europe, just because he'll probably go with McElroy, Ram, or Hovland. I'd imagine just because of his, you know, lack of experience, um. Yeah, to see him with McElroy or Hovland could be could be very exciting. Do they want to put him with McElroy and and have McElroy outdrive uh, outdriven in a four ball? Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. What do you do for no, Rory's ego? Rory, yeah, Rory is the alpha. You know, not only on the on the on the European team, but just out of the 24 guys uh, playing there. So uh, I think yeah, that that's a, that's the only question, but. Like the other thing about um 
the other thing about Aberg is like he could if he went if he plays the morning uh four ball on the first day, I think it is, and then the and then you know gets gets a good win, plays the afternoon. You could see him playing four out of five. Uh, yeah. you know, and all of a sudden, you know, and, and picking up a few points. But look, yeah, the, the, it, it, we'll wait to see how it plays out. But yeah, I don't know. I think like Lowry will play with either Fleetwood or Hatton. I think that'll be his most likely. He played with Rory, obviously, at Whistling Straits and lost um, in the four-ball match. I think it was Fino and uh, Harris English uh, beat them. But then he obviously won his match with Hatton. I think in the foursomes um, against the same pairing actually uh, for the US team. So you know, do you know you do you go with a kind of formula there um, that's worked before? Um, and then yeah, you have but you have to pair experienced guys with rookies realistically. So so yeah, it'll be it, yeah it'll be it'll be interesting. I haven't. I wonder what way he's going to think about it. You know, um, Straka I think is a is a four ball player because of how how streaky he is, you know, he makes a lot of birdies, but you know, he, he, he yeah. missed a lot of goals as well. So do you, you probably play him in, yeah, in four ball with someone who's a bit more, is a bit more solid. I don't know, like Matty Fitz or, or something like that. But yeah, it's hard because the old people always think that like people from the same country or the same area play together, but it's not like it's, it's, it's pairings go well, you know, like one of our best parents, Rose and Stenson, obviously there was a lot of English guys. Rose could have been paired with in, in, those Ryder Cups he played with them, you know, Glen Eagles was probably the 2014 was probably the standout. But um yeah, it's guys that gel well. So it'll be interesting to see. And I would say, you know, that's that's probably form part of the reason Hoygaard was picked. He might he, Donald might have like a perfect pairing for him in his mind, you know, based on his strokes gain. I think Hoygaard's um T to Green is brilliant. Like his his greens and reg stats are are some of the best. Um I think his short game is is there's there's a bit of work to be done. So maybe he's he's paired with a guy who's a bit stronger in in that department. Um so I don't know. I don't know what you guys are are thinking. Like who will Rory be most likely paired with? I think for for the four balls, anyway, I think Aberg and McIlroy will be together. Mm. Just like as in in terms of like introduction to a Ryder Cup, I think foursomes is a Forces would be a nervy way to start, whereas if you're playing with Rory McIlroy in a four ball, you can really fucking ease yourself into it. So I think that could be uh, that could be the first game out for Europe. Um, bold enough call putting a 23 year old rookie who's never played in a major <laughs> out with McIlroy in a in a four ball, but I, I do think he's he's got the bottle for it. Um, as you said, Joe, on parents like as in sure, who would have put Molinari and Fleetwood together in France? Like as in it, it, you're dead right. It's complete kind of uh, gel thing. It's you can obviously look into it and talk about the the statistics on two players that might look good on paper, but like at the end of the day, they just have to dovetail very well, and it's hard to predict that unless there is some sort of a a gel between them. And that that gel is why I think Larry and Fleetwood will be together. Um, they're just like f- very close family friends. Um, outside of outside of golf, so. If you're kind of thinking Larry and Matt are the same country, I just think that's yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't always work like that. Um, on the kind of opposite side, then with Hovland, like it, when you have the three the three kind of Scandies there, it's you probably you probably wouldn't put Aberg and Hoygaard together in any uh, combination. Like just again putting a putting uh, a a rookie. And a vet together just to 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 help the young lad along. Well, not that Hovland's old, but I'd um I'd probably have Hovland then with a potentially uh, a high guard, but then you have to come back and think of who else is in the team. Like as in, where's Matt Fitz going? Um, where's John Raham going? Where's Terrell Hatton going? Like, it's it's going to be very tricky. And I, I guess we're we're already talking like the way we talk about Aber and. Um, well, not Aberg, sorry. Um, Hoygaard being a potential dodgy pick, like the Zach Johnson leaving Keegan Bradley at home, I think is the biggest mistake. I, I think he could potentially have cost them the, the Ryder Cup with some of his picks. It's like bringing JT in. I know all the live shit, but DJ going five and oh, whistling straights. Like, there, there's I think the US had a far harder time of actually picking, and if it, Europe end up winning, uh, I think Johnson will get absolutely rattled by. The U.S. media, um, whereas on the European side, like we're obviously not not favourites. I I think it'll go off even even betting wise, um, but like definitely in terms of strength and depth, the U.S. are still favourites. So like the only pick Donald c- 
could potentially have made is putting Moronk in there instead of Hoygaard, really. Um, I don't think the, the kind of Larry should have been out narrative fits at all. Uh, I think Joe, you mentioned it there, like his passion for Ryder Cup and he's played well in the events this year, which is probably worth its weight in gold in terms of like when a young lad comes over from Europe to the States to <clears throat> to try and put his mark on the PJ Tour and can't do it. Like it just, it, that's probably one of Donald's top criteria because they're going to have to beat these lads that they couldn't really do much against um, when they uh, when they travel across the bond. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe Ram and Hatton then as well as a, as a pairing. Um, but yeah, Fleetwood Larry is a automatic for me. McIlroy and Aberg in a four ball. Um, definitely, if that can be his introduction to Ryder Club. Um, and then, yeah, the, like the rest is, it's, it's as far as kind of great combinations go, you can, yeah, you can leave some of the English lads together, take a kind of a Rose and Fitz or a Rose and Hatton. Like there's, there's plenty of combos there. So I think we'll be able to find um, four very good pairings for, for any of the, the series. The question around Joe, the one that you asked around like McElroy is an interesting one. I was just thinking there, like R- Rory, his historically his pairings have been Garcia. I know he did play to, uh, a bit with he played with Polter, he played with McDowell, he played unsuccessfully with Lowry. I mean, there's no real standout pairing for Rory at all. I mean, Cooper, you mentioned the potential one with Aberg. But I don't know, like does obviously Rory wants to be Alpha, but does Rory want to be like um the mentor to someone younger or in inexperienced? Or does Rory want to be in like an electric pairing? Like I always think of that uh, Medina match with with Polder where obviously Polder finished with like four birdies in a row or whatever it was and, and or five yeah, four birds in a row, I think it was. And then Rory started off that that run. But that was, like, think about that. Rory's had more success with the likes of Poulter and Garcia, who would have been both kind of alphas. And it's like all the attention would have been on that that pairing. I, I think that's more suited to Rory. But then who are the other big dogs who he could play with? I mean, I don't think him and Ram would be good pals. Hovland, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, Cooper, did you mention Hatton as a potential option as well? Um, yeah, I yeah. don't know. The Rory one is <clears throat> interesting. One. I don't know who you would stick him with. He, he did well. With I just think Peters you have to have yeah. 2016, oh, yeah. didn't he? he in, yeah, in yeah. Hazel team. And then was it, did he play with Torbjorn Ollison as well in Paris? So, like, those guys were obviously rookies. So I yeah, the more I think about you know, there is that you know not wanting to be outdriven stuff. But I think Aberg's an electric parent though. To your point, Con, like I think that is that will have the the biggest numbers. It'll have the cameras will be on every single shot of that game. And I think Rory would love to be in that position as well. And I think at the same time playing a bit of a, a coaching role to Aberg as well. But I think he'd enjoy that like. You know, Rory still will be the focus. Aberg will just add um, a bit to it. Um, but I, yeah, I think, I think he probably plays. I don't think him and Ram, yeah, will 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 go near each other. I don't think Ram's also an interesting one because he's like, you know, relatively speaking for his standard, he's out of form. He's not playing well at all. Didn't have a good finish to the to the season. Uh, but you would think that you know all five matches he would be playing, but it'll be interesting to see how the first couple of rounds go. You know he'll he'll play him in, in four ball no doubt, and it would be a big call dropping him in any situation. But you know Rory's dropped at, at Whistling Straits, um for the for the Saturday Saturday morning was it Saturday yeah, afternoon? And, the and Harrington was the one who dropped him, and fair mm. enough. Wasn't yeah, it was like, and it was it, it was warranted. Like Rory wasn't in in form at all at that point, and you have to go with the with the form, and that's why I'm saying as well with Aberg. You know, if he if he has momentum on his side, and you know, again, we we kind of talk about him like he's just you know he's after playing the West of Ireland and he's coming to play the Ryder Cup. You, college golf in the US is, is they're conditioned, they're they're um they're at a level they're essentially pros really when they come out and he he's obviously played a lot of team golf in college as well which will which will obviously stand to him but he won the you know the Ben Hogan award twice in a row um 
he's not a he's not a a, a kind of rookie, you know, a, a guy who's been pro for two months as we know it. You know, it's 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 not it's not not a normal situation. But yeah, at the same time, I think. I, I do I do I do think that is I do think that is a likely pairing for Rory. Um and I think I think Larry plays actually more foursomes golf. I think with his with his short game, with his with his unbelievable like chipping skills, I'd say. Um obviously he's gonna need to put a bit as well, but um I think that'll be I think yeah, I think you're right with the Fleetwood um call Cooper. I think that's that's a very likely one. Well, yeah, it's um, it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say Donald has a very good idea, but at the same time, I'd say there's a lot of scope from there to move. But once he gets to once he gets to Romans and and start seeing start seeing who gets on well with each other, I suppose as well, because like some of these guys wouldn't know each other at all, really. Mm. Okay. Some are American based, and then some yeah. of them play in Europe, which is in stark contrast to the US, where you nearly know the parents already. Like if you um, say you put um, in the four ball Aberg and McIlroy at first, you're nearly guaranteed they're going to be playing Xander Schauffele and Patrick Cantley. Like as in it, that's a their their team. Like straight up, there's no there's no mixing and matching them. Uh, Scheffler and Scott Sam Burns, I'd say that's a <clears throat> fairly likely one as well. Texans and then Home and Morikawa, Californians. Like there's the the US team is nearly kind of predictable. And then between like. Ricky, JT, and Speed, that trio will all play yeah. together. Well, I, I was going to say JT and Speed, um, or yeah, one of the combinations of that Trixie with Jesus Christ, you'd be doing very well to to, to put JT out um, in in the first two matches, like, uh, or just at least on, on day one, it'd be a very brave, very brave move from, um, from Zach Johnson. But like, what I mean is, like Donald probably has the upper hand here in terms of the the game of chess that they're playing. In terms of, it's far more predictable for what the US are going to do. Mm. Think about Europe; there is a lot of mixing and matching. Like, who do you put Aberg with? Who do you put McIlroy with? Surely you have McIlroy, Ram, and Hovland separate. Like, as in, there's the Europe could throw out some strange parents. Well, not strange, but like, as in, there's a far greater variant of what Europe could put out, and it's harder for Johnson to kind of predict that. Um, it's funny, Joe, when you say like the the point around these guys not knowing each other. Like we're talking about Rory and Aberg. I wonder if they ever had a conversation with each other. I wonder if they <laughs> ever even met. They probably it's a good chance that they haven't. Like they may not have crossed paths at all. Um, who do you think will be like the forgotten man now? Like there'll definitely be someone who, uh, like I remember Stephen Gallagher at England Eagles. I think he might have only played the singles. That might have been his only match. Um. And that obviously can happen. Like one of the guys just doesn't get a look in until the singles. Uh, who, would, if that happens, who's the most likely candidate? Uh, yeah, the, there's another few examples. I think uh, Andrew Colesart's obviously Sky commentator. He only played the singles in Brookline in '99, as well as there was there was another. There was definitely there was possibly two of them as well. They went. They had like their eight or nine best players, and they just went with that. I think that yeah, that's a. I don't think Donald will do that. I I think it's although we do say how good a captain um, McGinley was. I think Stephen Gallagher played one. I think before. I, right. I I think he played one game, but I think he had an awful Ryder. It was obviously a home Ryder Cup from, um. But it's that de- it's definitely it's definitely been done. Like I don't know if if is if Straka's not playing well, does 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 he get a bit lost in it? Um, Bobby Mack is a potential. I'd say he's actually probably the most likely. I think if he didn't make the top three on the European list, where you know obviously that he that he made uh, in the end narrowly, I don't think he would have been picked. I think Moran could have been picked ahead of him. I agree. And did you see on the Friday afternoon in Switzerland, I was stressed out watching the chap because he basically needed to make the cut to automatically qualify for the Ryder Cup. He'd never made the cut in Switzerland before. He was he came down the last three under par. The cut was three under par. He hits a second shot over the back of the green. He has to get up and down for basically a spot at the Ryder Cup for his first ever Ryder Cup. Like, this is a guy who didn't make it the last time he probably should have. 
Um, I mean, maybe he would have got a pick. But anyway, he hits the second shot over the back of the green. He has this, chips it up to like four or five feet, spicy little four or five footer to make the cut on the Friday afternoon. And, and thankfully for him, he did. But you could just see it all over his face. He was absolutely shitting himself. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. He could be a guy who, um, who could just be a little bit forgotten. Like he's not... I wonder, will Donald take the attitude of like, I'll oh, get everyone out at least once before the singles but but he could definitely be someone who who um gets left behind yeah, yeah. I, I think even um on the when you're kind of looking through the european team like i i, I strack is the, the the kind of like he obviously had a great patch there um a few months ago i think he was with the win and then a second in, in two weeks in a row. And like he is, I, I like, I like Straka really. I think he's a, he's a great player and he played incredibly well in the open, but yeah, I just, I, I don't think he'll feature a lot at all. And I hope he does kind of show his worth in, in the singles or in any of the other matches he does, he does get out in. I think Hoygaard, if he's given a chance, could be very special around here. Um, And again, like I, I'm just of the opinion that, Every match April plays, he's going to win. Um, not just because, like, obviously we're, we're huge fans of him here, but um, well, Dave isn't. We, we, you know, we have to he is, Dave he is against us. Yeah, but just is. in terms of Aberg, like you have to when you're when you're putting him out. He at the end of the day, he turned pro in June. Like <laughs> he's a fucking. He's the definition of a rookie, and he'll be paired with an experienced kind of leader in the team, the McRoys, the Hovlands, like. I just think any any pairing because of the other person on the team, which will be an experienced vet, who will be on the kind of top tier of the team. I just don't don't see them getting beat. So like I, I think Aber just I don't know how many matches he's going to play, but I I can see him winning them all. Um, and I guess controversial or not a groundbreaking kind of pick, but um, I I, I do think he's he's going to be a a huge factor in the European team and kind of the, if he does get out first in the four ball and shoots the lights out, um, Donald might have to kind of shift around and say, fuck right. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing him back in there if I hadn't planned originally on doing it. And uh, like in terms of sleepers, I guess, like I, I do agree with the Bob Mack thing is, is he's, he's played a few, um, like he's played the match play a few times and like he's, he's, he's beaten uh, Garcia. Like he's, he's a good match player. Um, but yeah, I just think he's, as you said, Con. Like, it, it obviously means a lot to him, and he, you're right, he should have been in the the last Ryder Cup as well. But, um, yeah, I think he, he, head to head, he, he he'll probably give whoever he gives or whoever he plays a, a good run. But yeah, how much is he going to be involved in? So like, maybe say he's going to be two matches, maybe three. Um, he's not really a sleeper. Um, I think the main one is Hatton. I think everyone's forgetting how good Tyrrell Hatton is, or at least the Americans are. Like there's talk about Rory, Ram, Hovland, talking about Aberg, and like I'd say the Americans are <clears throat> well and would as well be in the, the the man who's never won on tour, um, according to them. But like Hatton is just the most consistent guy in the world. Um, like all year he's just racking up top tens. Like he, he's not flashy, but he'll absolutely grind someone down in a match play. And yeah, I think uh, of of all the kind of Europeans that might potentially be kind of overlooked. Like Catton is an absolute world-class golfer who's yeah, gonna gonna show his worth as he as he as he did the, the last time. He's played a lot of match play and he's kind of an even enough record, but like he's he's played some unbelievable golf this year and yeah, I think he might be slightly underrated. Um we're obviously gonna talk a lot about the Rory Cup over the next couple of weeks, but just to go uh, talk about Switzerland for a moment. Um there was a lot of good narratives that were kind of developing um, over the week. I think it's it's great from a, a TV perspective to go back to uh, a golf course that we all know. The fact they go back to Crans Montana every year, the views are obviously incredible, and it does add to the to the experience on TV. But like you had Matt Fitz going for his third win there. Both of you boys picked him uh, ahead of the week, which is fair enough. Like he was being chased down by his brother. Um, Alex, which was very cool, uh, and then obviously Aberg just getting the job done. Um, just to talk in a, a bit more about Aberg and how he delivered, like 
I always think it's obvious to say, but like the, the mentality matters so much. Like when you're Aberg in that situation, you know, he's obviously a rookie, hasn't won before, but that's not how he probably is looking at the situation. He has won basically everything on the way up. Like when he's in college, he was the guy, the best player in college. He's gone through his whole life where he's just been winning, winning, winning. And he gets into that situation. I, I know he's had good finishes before. I don't believe he's had a sniff of actually winning anything before. And to produce the performance he did at the end, obviously 64 in the final round and birdie three of the last four holes. Um, he was just cool as a cucumber. Like it was, you could just tell he wasn't um, scared of the experience. He wasn't looking at this saying, oh, this, this is a, uh, a European tour win. Like he was just like, yeah, give me it. I should win this, you know, just, I think so impressive. But the tournament as a whole, I think was very good. Yeah. That shot to, uh, that shot 17 basically just sums up what you said there as well. Just like he was so comfortable. The, the, it was probably something like a wedge, but the little draw backspin he put on it to feed it down to the flag. You know, he, that flag was tucked in beside a bunker. Obviously, if you pull it a bit, you're, you're short sided and you're making, you're making five most likely. But he just had the, you know, he had the goal to, to go and put it into gimme range essentially. Um, and, get one hand on the trophy at that point. He knew he was in a good position. He didn't know Fitz was in as much trouble as he was behind on uh, on on 16, was it? Um, and uh, he still went ahead and uh, and delivered that shot. Um, and yeah, just the swing, like the second shot to the, was it the 14th, the par five? Or the, yeah, the 14th or 15th. Yeah, that five iron, 240 yards, whatever it was up the hill. Um just looked so in control. It was straight at the flag from even that distance as well. Just like trickled over the back to about, you know, 12, 15 feet. Um, kind of reminded me of like McElroy's five iron that time at Quail Hollow. Mm. Um, when he won his first uh, PJ Tour event, it was just, you could watch it over and over. Mm. Um, and I think that as, as Cooper was saying, Donald played with uh, Aberg earlier in the summer. And, and that's what he said. He said, I haven't seen anyone like this since 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 Rory and and I think everyone seems to be seems to be of the of the same opinion. Yeah, like he he won that tournament. You know, he he, he Matt Fitz was in control, and there was a lot of narratives. There was a lot of guys. You know, there was Yannick College and Ronk all going, and Aberg just stole the show. He he came in and and uh, and won. It. And I think the the next time the Ryder Cup rolls around, you know, he's 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 a top ten player in the world. Um, possibly, I think. I think very likely. I think he's he's kind of. We've had Hoblin, we've had Ram and Abergs. The Abergs, the next, um, the next thing for Europe, definitely. Um, but yeah, great, great performance on uh, on Sunday, and I think he bogeyed the first hole as well. So he showed he showed a, a lot of nerve. He didn't he didn't look that you know frazzled by it though. He just looks comfortable looks calm you know his stride is always the same swings always the same like he even like when you think at the say um sunday morning like he's he's three shots back of matt fitz like us open winning kind of one of the stable kind of stable guys on the on the pga tour never mind the dp world tour like the it was um, as much as you kind of want to say, and I totally agree, Joe. I think he's he's going to be one of the best players in the world, but he's still he's still as as raw a form as a rookie can come in in terms of like on the on paper, and to yeah, kind of yeah, tentative. And it looked like it got away from him really. Like I think on the back nine, even he kind of it just it just looked like he stalled and he was going to finish top five and he was going to probably still make it into the Ryder Cup. But then, like, it was actually four birdies in the last five holes. Like, the back-to-back power fives, that shot in the 17 was absolutely, like, clutch. Like, if McElroy or someone did that in a, in a tournament, we would have said, oh, that's peak McElroy, kind of absolutely closing out of tournaments. And, yeah, I think it was, uh, it was as you said, Joe, a proper a proper lag on 18. Like, he could have, if he had to make it, I think he would have made it. Um, but, like, that kind of a finish... Um, with everything on the line, like as you said, Con, like Bob Mack, it was in his head 
that he had to make that automatic spot. And Aberg, like you have to think for a young lad, twenty-three year old rookie, if I if I go and win this, I'm I'm pretty much not guaranteed, but I'll give myself a really really good shot at making a Ryder Cup team on my first year on the on tour as a professional. And like the fact that that was probably going through his head, and to remain as cool and calm as he did, and finish like a seasoned pro was just yeah, unbelievable golf. So. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's it's exciting. He's he's very, very, very exciting. It's um, I mean, it's very easy to get excited and get ahead of ourselves and his recency bias and all that sort of stuff because he's just done it over the, the last little while. But like, you compare him to say Rory when Rory first came on tour. Like Rory clearly was unbelievably talented, but Rory didn't really have quite the same mentality. Like you remember when Rory was trying to get his first win, he bottled it quite a few times. Like, he didn't really have that same mentality that Aberg has. And maybe he was a bit better than Aberg. Um, and, uh, like, you probably you could, you couldn't possibly put him in the same echelon as, like, Tiger when he came out. Um, but, like, you, I, you are looking at this guy and saying he's, he's probably the most exciting player since Rory. And, and that's probably including John Ram. Like... I could absolutely get slated for asking the question, but who wins more majors, Rory or Aberg? Well, it's it's an easy question because Aberg has a great caddy, so it's a very good <laughs> um, I know, yeah, you, it's it's very it's very early to be saying that, but like to be fair, he's what is he? He's played like what eight 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 pro events. I'm pretty sure he's been in the top 20 or 25 five times. Like as far as kind of starts the PGA Tour, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, as far as kind of um, majors go, like yeah, it's way it's way too early to be to be calling that. Because um, at the same time, you have to remember that the poor lad is literally just after coming on tour. But yeah, I'd fucking I'd I'd say it'd be um, over 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 under five. Right, Joe. No, we need to we need to stop now, I think. Yeah. It's uh yeah, no, he's he's clearly in that he's he's clearly in that bracket. Oh like yeah, like I'd I'd be I'd be, you know, gun to my head if you know if I had to yeah, I w- it would be around that. Like maybe it's so hard to win them. It's so hard to win them. Um but he's gonna be yeah, I think he's gonna be one of the best European players, like, you know, of his generate like i don't know like hovland's probably a good comparison at the moment like hovland hasn't won one yet so you know that's that just shows you like rams obviously rattled off too uh pretty quickly but yeah it's yeah i i don't know yeah about four or five i was about Um, to i was actually about to say that comparison as well to hovland like it's uh it's similar similar kind of route even if it does seem a bit more accelerated but like Hovland still hasn't won one. We're talking about Averick's metric count. <laughs> yeah, he's a future world. He's a future world number one. Like that, I'll definitely, definitely say that. And he obviously yeah. he held the the um, world amateur golf ranking number one for a while. He actually um, it was bouncing between him and uh, Gordon Sargent uh, over the last while. Um, but Averick had it for a long run. So he's. Um, He's just comfortable in, in those positions and he hasn't even played a major yet. So uh, it'll be. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to. Well, you're not because it's me who brought it up. You're going to get absolutely safer. But my hot take he wins a major in the next two years. He's got eight majors to do it. Or he's going to do it. Paddy, um, Paddy, Power, Paddy Power will probably give you two to one odds. I wonder what like years they would. They would give you. Yeah. No, it should, be, it should be about 20. <laughs> yeah. And. Um, but no, I just I got I get excited after one win on the bet, and now here we are. Um, <laughs> but right, uh, Irish Open this week, great week. Uh, any field that's got Rory McIlroy in it is a strong field. Um, but plenty of Irish interest. You've got um, the likes of well, there's there's a lot of guys who we would follow closely, but the general golfing public in Ireland may not be as familiar with. Guys like John Murphy from Kinsale, Connor Purcell, Alex McGuire, Mark Power, who uh, both Alex McGuire and Mark Power played Walker Cup last week, but Mark Power uh, has just turned pro. This will be his first event. 
as a pro. Um, back at the K Club, obviously a good golf course. I, I've played it. I think you boys have too. But I always think Irish Open should be held on one of our iconic links courses. But maybe that's a discussion for another day. Um, but yeah, looking forward to the week, boys. Mm, yeah, Mark Power is a, a, a good one. I know you mentioned uh, Walk Cup. He won three or four points there uh, last week. And I think his his last uh, his last act as an amateur golfer was the birdie, the road hole, 17th at the old course, obviously. And then the 18th to win his, uh, to win his singles game. Um, and at the time, might have thought, you know, get, delivering the trophy, but the US obviously had other ideas. Uh, but yeah, the, he'll, he'll be very exciting uh, to see. Like Harrington is playing as well. I saw, I just had a look, I saw he's 60 to 1. Um, obviously, obviously knows the, the course very well. Um, but yeah, great feel like Adam Scott, Billy Horschel. Um, I saw Tom Hoagie's over from the US. Um, uh, Why are they No idea. Like said, fair, to be fair, it's four, it's four million quid. Like, it's a decent purse. And, like, even uh, even the, the chef himself, Min Woo Lee, is over. Like, they've, they've, done, they've done well in terms of uh, attracting a decent, uh, a decent crowd. Um, but, yeah, McElroy, like, obviously heads, heads, heads the field. But when you look at that, those guys kind of in the top 20 in the betting, it's a, it's going to be a very exciting tournament. Mm. Yeah, anyone who's going should go out and watch Minwoo. I think I mentioned him. Um, I uh, haven't seen him at the Open, but um, he's yeah, unbelievable striker the ball. Really? He'll be, he'll be, um, he'll be a future star. We won't do the over under majors, but uh, he'll he'll definitely be uh, picking up a few big events over the next years. Um, let the man cook. Let him cook. Yeah. What are we saying then? Betting wise, I, uh, I am like I'd be shocked if Rory isn't up there, just given the kind of strength of the field, and I think he's just better than everyone else he's playing. So I think he can kind of top ten with a C game this week, uh, and probably would win with his B game. Um, but what, yeah, what what are we what are we thinking in terms of picks? Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to look past Macro, right? Um, it's very similar to um, to Fitz last week, like just in terms of, I guess, uh, out and out ratings. He, he he should get it done. Um, I think Moronk is twenty two to one. Like I think he has a point to prove. He's going to say, man." So yeah, literally a middle finger to, to Luke Donald. So I um I'd, I'd fancy him to go well. Um, but no, I, I hope uh, I hope Larry. I know, I know he kind of barely made the cut the last time, um, but. I'm, I'm hoping he has a big week just to kind of uh, shush all the all the doubters. Um, but yeah, I think actually for for my pick um, for for this, I, th- I think Aaron Roy is a is a great pick. At, I think he's about uh, thirty three to one. He's just been playing super consistent. Haven't seen him much on the deeper road tour because he's been over in the states and he has been competing in the states. So yeah, I think uh, Roy each way is a good bet. But yeah, it's hard to look past McIlroy to win. So is is Roy your pick? He probably is, yeah, yeah. Right each way, Aaron. Right each way. Joe. Um. Yeah. Uh. I think I was having a look. There's, there's obviously the, the McElroy option. Um. But I think um, I'll go with a bit more of an outsider, Matt Wallace. He's forty to one, and he's had a he's had a bit of decent form. Uh, recently, obviously, came second two weeks ago in in the Czech Masters, but um, he did he did he did reasonable showing last week uh, in Kranz. So um, I think yeah, the price is uh, appealing enough forty to one. Um, would love to see Paddy go well uh, as well, obviously, and it'd be cool to see some of the the Irish guys um, who are kind of earlier in their pro careers as well um, showing well. So so yeah, that's me. Yeah, Matt Wallace. Okay. Um, I'm I'm torn. There's a couple of lads. Alexander Bjork. So he's kind of a guy who I probably really hadn't even heard of up until very recently. But I was looking at his form. He's he's very good form. He was um, seven top tens in his last eleven events. I think he was second last week, wasn't he? Behind um, Aberg. I like the look of the cut of his jib at thirty to one. Uh, I also like the look of Connor Syme from Scotland, who's third and fourth in his last two events. He's ninety to one. Um, 
I think my pick would be Bjork. I'm gonna go uh Bjork at thirty to one. But then yeah, Joe, the some of the Irish lads you you mentioned there, like Connor Purcell's four hundred to one where I'm looking, Alex Maguire, 500 to 1, and then Mark Parrish, 750 to 1. I think I'll definitely be throwing a couple of quid on at least one of them. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be Bjork as my main pick, and then maybe a little 1 or 2 euro each way on, on Mark Power. Um, and Cooper, you're doing the sweeps again this week for yeah. our show? Doing the doing the sweeps for the National Council for the Blind of Ireland. Um, so yeah, really, really great charity. Um, and I guess the, yeah, just trying to raise as much money as possible for them. Um, and I guess for, for any of the golfers out there who probably are listening to this, um, the first prize is uh, three rounds of golf in Rossapena on each of the courses and three nights accommodation for four people. So it's a, a savage prize and actually second and third is, uh, an entry, a team entry into the Ronnie Whelan golf classic in clean castle. And third is a four ball in uh, County Loud. So some really good prizes on offer. And I guess just kind of it's the as far as kind of the the picks go, it's the same as the way we always do with all the players are split into five groups. You've group one with the likes of McElroy, group two with the, the likes of Harrington and Tom McKibben, if you want to do an Irish interest. And then when you get to groups three to five, it's it's very difficult. But you do have lads like Tom Hoagie there in group three. Um Connor Simon's actually in group four, Connor. Um, as a as a very interesting one, um, Joe's best mate, Ewan Ferguson, um, recent DP World Tour winner, Todd Clemens, and yeah, down in five. Then you, you have some of the guys who um, are quite quite outsiders, but again, the likes of John Mercy, Connor Purcell, all the Irish boys, Rafa Cabrera-Bayo is in Group Five as well. He always seems to play quite well when he comes to Ireland. Um, and then if you want to really throw it out there for the the younger Fitzpatrick, he's also lurking in Group Five, so there could be a a bit of value there from some of the lads who've shown something recently. But um, yeah, the entry's closed tonight at 10 p.m. And yeah, if anyone wants to get involved, just go to thesweeps.io and enter a team and support a, a great cause. Yeah, I can very sure it's really, really good for anyone who hasn't done it before. Uh, Cooper and his mate Ben have built this brilliant um, app or website platform, whatever we'll call it. And it's it's really good. It's it's kind of it's better than having your weekly bet. I would say you pick a few lads, and uh, there's it's carnage come come the end, and you can win some some uh, a nice few quid from it. So yeah, go to the sweeps.io. It's very self-explanatory. You'll you'll go on and have a little look. I uh, would definitely recommend it. Um, and I think that's it, boys. I know we've obviously got through a bit there. Um, there'll be more to talk about next week after Irish Open, one step closer to Rome as well. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, enjoy Irish Open this week, and we'll uh, we'll catch you catch you next week. <laughs>